Welcome everyone to a new Poolside with Focus Starter session where we come together to share knowledge and experiences with the community in an informal and conversational way. Um, thank you all for joining us. Um, you might be surprised that today you're not hearing the usual and incredible voice of Omar, our host. Uh, my name is Kate. I'm Focus Starter's head of marketing and exceptionally I am at the microphone today because it's about a special topic, uh, women in crypto and how to tackle the crypto gender gap. And to talk to us about this topic today, um, someone very experienced and who has been a long advocate of women in the Web3 space, Sanya Kohn. Uh, I hope I said your name right. Um, she's the CEO of a well-known crypto payments company, Utrust. Welcome, Sanya. Um, before Thank we start, you. just a, sorry, sorry. No, thank you so much. And you said my name perfectly. Oh, nice. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> so before <laughs> we start, uh, just a heads up. Uh, don't forget that you'll be able to claim an exclusive uh, OAT for the first 300 submitted valid emails. So after the session, make sure you sign up to Galx to grab your OAT. Okay, let's start. Um, Sanya, first of all, um, please tell us a little bit about yourself, your career path, and uh, what led you to become the CEO of Utrust. Yeah, sure. So, um, hi everyone. Um, I'm Sanja. I'm originally Croatian. Actually, I was born in Sarajevo, Bosnia, but as you know, because of the war, I move around with my family a lot uh, since I was a young child. And, you know, because of what happened with my family and the war in the ex-Yugoslavia, I always had this idea that I wanted to do something about creating more financial inclusion in the world. Um, but I started my career in the corporate space. So before co-founding Utrust, um, I worked for almost a decade at Vodafone, eBay and PayPal. Um, and that's because, you know, at the time that was the the best thing to do, let's say, for um, for university and to do after society. And I'm very glad that I had that experience because when I landed at PayPal, my team was responsible for developing the payment solution for marketplace players um, in payments. And that's when I realized that, you know, that promise of financial inclusion that PayPal was advocating for um, was not met in reality. And customers were overpaying and fees were not transparent. So that's what really led me to join forces with uh, Nuno and the rest of the team at Utrust to really increase the adoption of cryptocurrencies and create more financial inclusion. Yep. So you have a lot of experience uh, in finance. So uh, what led you to the crypto industry? I think... The story is really funny because I started investing in crypto in 2016, uh, more on you know the speculative side um, of investment. And then when I finally realized what was the inefficiencies in the traditional payment space, um, since I already was reading a lot about crypto and blockchain, um, and I knew that blockchain could be used to create more efficiencies in payments, I actually wanted to bring the blockchain layer um, for creating more efficiency at PayPal. Um, and long story short, I'm talking about 2017. That was too early in the space. And then I researched all the companies in Europe that already had a white paper written about, you know, using blockchain um, to, to increase efficiency in payments, meaning, you know, paying less costs, 
um, decreasing chargebacks, removing fraud. Um, and that's where I saw the white paper that was already written for Utrust. But at the time, there was nothing. There, there was not an MVP. So there was just an idea. Um, and I joined that idea. Um, and for me, the main driver was to solve for everything that I've seen that doesn't really work in traditional payments, both on the buyer side and the seller side. Yeah, so that brings us to the, the next question. So what, what does decentralization mean to you and why is it important? I think it's very important. And, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, because of my story when I was very young, um, most of my family had to escape war and we lost, you know, we lost everything we had from properties to, you know, money in the bank was either confiscated or people could not even, you know, access their money um, they had in their banks. And because of that story, I think, you know, decentralization and the promise of crypto has always been appealing to me because, you know, you are the owner of your money. So you don't depend on any third party institution, any government, and no one can take it away from you. And we always think, you know, that that's happening to someone else um, in, a, in a country where there is, you know, mistrust in government or war. But really, you know, it can happen to, to anyone. And look at what happened last year in Canada when, you know, the Canadian government froze bank accounts, you know, for people protesting uh, without any warning. So really, I think, you know, we should open our eyes to the fact that we cannot put our trust in the hands of banks, in the, in the hands of governments, because in the end, you know, they don't have our interest. And that's what decentralization really means to me is like, I have the control uh, and I am empowered to take decisions over my own finances. And uh, would you say that uh, that's the mission of Utrust as a company as well? So uh, giving people the power to manage their own uh, money? Yeah, definitely. And Utrust was built in a way to um, allow for more decentralization in a way that we don't lock people in to use our own technology. So people can, you know, make a payment from any wallet they already have from MetaMask to, to Coinbase or even from an exchange in order for us to capture the whole market. So it's decentralized in a way that, you know, people are not obliged to use, you know, a proprietary technology that we put as most of our competitors would do and as all of the Web2 payments companies would do. Um, and really, you know, our mission and, uh, and our promise to our customers is to be able, you know, together with them to create a new revenue stream um, because we are talking about payments and being able to tap into a new asset class of customers that today represents more than 300 million people that have crypto, want to pay with crypto, are very passionate about paying with crypto. So for our merchants, you know, that means having a new type of buyer going to their platform, buying with crypto. Um, and crypto users are also very loyal and they're high spenders. So that, you know, results in, in, in more sales and, and more revenue for, for the merchants as well. And from your experience, how far do you think we are from adopting uh, cryptocurrency payments at a worldwide level? 
And uh, what do you think this adoption will mean for the community? I think, you know, when we started in 2017-18, um, the world was very different for for crypto. So when we started at Utrust, we were selling a need that people didn't even know they had. And there was only a small, small portion of people actually paying with crypto or having people um, having crypto in general. Um, and I think now the situation is much different. So even if we are in a bear market, I think, you know, now the role of the institutions, the role that, you know, corporate companies are playing and adopting crypto is very high. Um, and I think it's the perfect time to, to build and it's the perfect time right now to really get rid of some projects that didn't have the right fundamentals. So I think, you know, what is happening right now is actually very healthy in the long term. Um, in terms of how far we are from, from mass adoption, I think, you know, there are many estimates, you know, if you read out there that by 2030, we will have the next 1 billion people inflowing into, into crypto. Um, and I really do believe that. Um, but I really think that in order for that to happen, to happen, we really need to simplify user experience and we really need to educate people. And sometimes it's easier for companies in Web3 to just talk and, you know, address their products and services to people that already understand crypto. But I think it's our, it's our duty um, as all the companies working in this space to really provide more education and, and really explain to people, you know, why they cannot miss this opportunity. Because that's the only way that we will really onboard the next one billion wave of people um, into this technology. Yeah, so picking up on the on the education uh, part that you've mentioned, I think we can shift to the to today's uh, main topic. Um, so first of all, I would like to ask you, in your view, uh, what benefits can blockchain and crypto bring to women? I think blockchain is amazing for women because you know, more than 2 billion people in the world are unbanked or underbanked, meaning that, you know, they don't have access to traditional financial services for many reasons. Maybe they don't even have an ID. And most of these 2 billion people, most of them are women, unfortunately. So now with crypto and blockchain, we finally have the technological means for everyone that has a mobile phone and internet connection. And we estimate that, you know, more than eight, more than 80% of people who are unbanked, you know, they have a phone, they have an internet connection. So they can finally, you know, participate in global trade. They can have a wallet. Um, they can, you know, have financial control. Um, so I think it's amazing for women because it's, it's a great time for them to, to, to not be unbanked or underbanked anymore. Um, but as I said before, you know, women are generally more risk adverse than men. So we need to be very careful in, you know, how do we communicate this shift? Um, and how do we onboard as well the next wave of women in blockchain and crypto? Yeah, so there's an educational uh, aspect here that's uh, very important. Oh, that. Um, Definitely. Uh, and there's, there's already an ongoing conversation about uh, tackling, the, tackling this uh, crypto gender gap. If you do like a, a quick research on Google uh, and you look for women in Web3 or uh, 
crypto gender gap, uh, you'll find a lot of uh, articles and discussions around this on uh, several media outlets and blogs and everything. Uh, I've already uh, listened to some interviews, uh, also Twitter spaces uh, with people talking about this. And in fact, uh, the, these disparities have also been visible for a long time in the tech and finance sectors. It's not a new thing for Web3. I think it kind of like migrated from one place to the other. So where do you think this gap uh, really comes from? Yeah, you're completely right. So I think, you know, if you look at the percentage of women who work in tech in general, so not even talking about fintech and crypto, but tech in general, women make up only for 28, 29% of the workforce that works in tech. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of that depends on how women are conditioned, you know, by the way they grow up and as children to, to really, you know, take some type of, of careers. Um, but I think that's where the opportunity lies in, in crypto, really, because blockchain has far less entry barriers for, for hiring. And blockchain and crypto companies are rapidly expanding. And there is a huge shortage of, you know, talented hires. And, you know, that makes it a great time to consider a career in crypto. And that's what, you know, women should be thinking about even now. Because if you look at the growth of the industry, you know, crypto adoption grew almost 900% just in the last year alone. Um, and as I said before, like, this is a great time for companies to, to build products and, focus on on what matters so actually a lot of crypto companies are hiring a lot of people so we need to be able to um to help women to you know upscale in order to to join these companies but also i think one mistake that many women do is you know thinking that they already need to have all the tech skills, they already need to have, you know, all of the necessary skills and knowledge in order to, you know, go in a crypto company, in a blockchain company. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of companies, you trust included, we are putting in place programs for people to get upskilled when they join. Um, because, of course, it's a new industry. So what we need to do is to onboard people from, from Web2. So I think it's it's the best possible time for for women to to join um, and, you know, for blockchain and crypto to have even different statistics than the rest of tech. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think women can bring to the blockchain space? I think diversity is important. Um, so not only talking about women and men, but, you know, diversity of background, diversity of thinking, diversity of skills. So unfortunately and and historically many companies have been built by you know white white men and in the end if you look at the performance of these teams where you know there is not so much diversity uh, that kills creativity uh, that kills innovation so i think you know it's it's not only a matter of talking about women but if you look at more diverse teams it's, it's proven already that they will be more productive, they will be faster, they will innovate more. Um, and I think, you know, that's what each company should be thinking about instead of hiring by association. And um, what that means is, you know, I hire by association the person that is more similar to me. 
Um, and that's why, you know, a lot of companies are still not very diverse in their thinking and in their organization because they tend to hire people that are more similar to them. Yep. So you as a CEO, um, you've probably already spent a lot of time thinking about this. What can crypto companies do? Um, and not even just companies, us as individuals that work in the blockchain space. Uh, what can we do to attract more women into key roles into crypto? I think the first thing to do, and Utrust is a very diverse company, and we you know, take pride of that, um, not only in terms of gender diversity, um, but also in terms of, you know, we have um, people in Africa, we have people in Turkey, we have people in Brazil. Um, and for us, it's very important, and we made it at the center of our company values. And I think that's what companies need to do, because I think today is really easy to just, as I said before, hire by association or just hire in one country or do things like in the way that I was doing it before. So it does take a bit of more effort at the beginning if I want to hire more women, if I want to hire more people in different countries, more people in different backgrounds. Um, but once you do it, it really pays off. So I think it's very important to, one, put diversity at you know, the core of your values. And two, whenever you're hiring for a position, to make sure that you have a similar number of candidates that are you know, um, men, or w men and women. And if you don't, you know, make sure that you can, you can ser search for these roles. So that's really the baseline. But I think even solving for this baseline uh, would really be important for, for many companies because many companies don't value diversity really and they don't even understand the impact of it. Yeah, those are very good uh, recommendations. I'm, I'm hoping that the majority of, of companies in, in Web3 uh, can follow on, on that one. Um, so do you already see a change in industry? Um, not only women as investors, but also women working in crypto. Is it already visible? Uh, so you're asking me if I if I can already see a change um, in yes. women in crypto, right? Yeah, because you've been here already for some years. So do you already see? Um, yeah, definitely. I think yeah. you know we can we can see a big change. So even if you look at the data and women owning crypto in 2019, I think that was the value was only seven percent um, with respect to the total and. Last year, you know, that more than doubled to, to 15%. So adoption is definitely higher. As I said before, women are definitely more risk adverse than men. So definitely they need more time in order to study, to research. I'm, I'm generalizing, but, you know, that's, that's what we can see. Um, that's what we can see as, as behavior, you know, when we compare women and men. Um, but... I have to say I have worked in fintech, I have worked in payments, I have worked in tech as well. And the number of women working in crypto and Web3 companies um, is increasing. And I think it's even higher um, than traditional fintech because of the reasons that I said before, because blockchain is very inclusive. Um, and I think in the future is going to be even more and more. Um, so I think, you know, one thing that I really want to watch from, you know, closely is, you know, how will DAOs impact more um, inclusion, more gender inclusion as well, so that, you know, women, no matter where they live, you know, no matter how time they have, 
they can really contribute to the projects that they love. Because I also think, you know, those 2 billion people unbanked that I was talking about before, most of them are women. And most of them, they live in emerging countries where, you know, they don't even have great access to be able to apply for a job. So, you know, imagine if we have more and more DAOs and that's a model that really works and, you know, that will really make sure that women can participate from their home to projects they love and they can, they can do it even in a flexible way. Um, so that's what I'm going to really look, uh, look forward in the future. But definitely, I think the situation has improved a lot and we are not actually um, that bad, <laughs> neither in crypto or blockchain in terms of gender diversity. Yeah, because maybe um, I was thinking that um, from what you were saying, uh, it probably allows women to have a bit more work-life balance because they can manage their time and work from wherever they want uh, most most of the times. So that, that could be also a thing that impacts positivity, positively their lives. Definitely. Um, that's something that at Utrust as well we take great pride on. So, you know, of course... There are meetings that you have to attend and, you know, there are meetings with your team and, and schedules that um, you in your role will, will need to, to maintain. Um, but in general, you know, you're measured on how good you are um, to perform with respect to the goals you have. So you can definitely choose to do so in the best way that works for you. So uh, if you want to do that, you know, in the evening, if you want to do that in the morning, it doesn't really matter. And that's where I think, you know, why we're seeing a lot of people leaving legacy companies and large corporations. And, you know, that's my background, so I know how it works. But I think, you know, those companies are not really going to adapt uh, or most of them are not really adapting to giving people more flexibility. After COVID, most of the companies ask people to go back to their offices. And I think, you know, that's where really... Web3 companies have the opportunity to onboard the next, you know, 1 billion people um, to, to go and, and work in Web3 um, because it's really flexible. It's very meritocratic. It's decentralized. It's not tied to one single place. And if you could give, if you could give one piece of advice to any woman starting out in a Web3 industry, what would it be? I think probably the biggest one is really do not think that you need to already have all of those skills. Like you don't need to have a technical background. You don't need to be super skilled in, in crypto. You know, you just need to have the passion and the willingness to, to learn. Um, and that's where I think, you know, a lot of women wait um, and do not apply for jobs because they think that, you know, they're not skilled enough. They're not knowledgeable enough. Um, and I think if women could just have more confidence of going for it, ap applying for roles, um, I think that would really help. Yeah, great. Um, thank you, Sanya. Um, is there anything you're looking for um, forward into uh, the Web3 space over the next few months that you'd like to share? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. So within U-Trust, we are doing um, a lot of things that are very, very exciting in order to bring more inclusion, in order to work more directly with cities and governments for, uh, for cryptocurrency adoption. Um, so if you follow us um, or if you don't, um, please do, because we will be announcing a, a lot of things. But I think what I'm, what I'm looking for is how can companies like ourselves really partner with governments and cities and institutions in order to work together to bring the next wave of people in crypto to educate crypto and really work in close collaboration with actors that previously were perceived even as competitors. Um, and I think, you know, that's the perfect time to do it now. So, you know, companies like Visa, like MasterCard, companies that should be viewed as competitors actually can be great partners and they already do work with a lot of crypto companies like coinbase or blockfi to enable their users to spend their crypto so i think i'm really looking forward to see more and more synergies between you know the web 2 and web 3 world and how do we bring this together uh, how do we bring more adoption because i also think that we are still in a phase where for people to really come to Web3, um, they still need to have a Web2-like experience. So they, st they still need to have that kind of on-ramp that feels familiar. And that's where we need governments, we need banks, we need institutions to really work together with us um, to make this happen together. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sanya, um, we've come to the end of our, of our Twitter spaces. Uh, it was a pleasure for me to be talking to you about this important topic um, and uh, mostly because I'm a very big fan of your work. And um, so thank you. Thank you for joining us. No, thank you so much. It was great. And it's always a pleasure to, to talk about these topics. Yeah. So this is the end of our Poolside with Focus Starter. So thank you everyone for joining us. Um, remember, if you have any topic or guest you'd like to hear on Poolside, uh, reach out to us, let us know. And in case you've missed this live session, make sure to subscribe to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Uh, it will be available very, very soon. So thanks, everyone. Thanks, Sanya. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.